This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. To those of you who are season one listeners, welcome back. And to those of you who are new to my podcast, welcome to season two of the Pregnancy Wellness Podcast, hosted by me, Pip. I'm a practicing midwife and enthusiast of all things women's wellness especially when it comes to pregnancy and motherhood. Do you find yourself with lots of pregnancy questions unanswered? Do you feel that extra midwifery support would be useful to you? Do you fully understand how to enhance your pregnancy wellness? You are in good hands. This podcast is for you. Alongside this, I have also been busy creating a 12-month pregnancy journey support group and course to provide you with a whole package of expert wellness and pregnancy information to guide you every step of the way, leaving no stone unturned from trimester one right through to trimester four. And I'm now enrolling expectant mums in their first trimester. Spaces will be limited. So if you think this sounds like you, get in touch through my social media or at midwifepip.com. Over the upcoming 15 episodes, I'm excited to be chatting with expert guests and real women on this season to bring you honest, evidence-based information and top tips to navigating your pregnancy wellness journey. I hope these episodes leave you feeling positive and empowered. And don't forget, for more support and birth preparation, to check out my website, midwifepip.com for your free birth preference plan download. I hope that you are sat comfortably and ready for the midwife chats and knowledge bombs to commence. There are so many birth stories to be read, but the power of listening to and reading positive and empowering birth stories as you prepare your mind and body to meet your little one is incredible. Birth really is a whole body experience that requires as much, if not more, psychological preparation as it does physical. And your birth is not merely one day. It's an experience that stays with you forever. So preparing is really important to having a positive experience, regardless of the twists and turns that may crop up. There is no right or wrong way to birth. Hospital birth, home birth, water birth, epidural birth, an induced birth, vaginal birth, forceps birth, or cesarean birth. They can all be empowering and truly positive experiences. 
I am so honoured to be joined by the lovely Em today to chat about her birth experience. Em is a personal trainer and founder of Surrey Studio at The Barn KT9. Em specialises in pre and postnatal training and is passionate about making sure women feel strong throughout their pregnancy and beyond. In the past year, Emma's experienced what it feels like herself as she gave birth to her daughter, Olive, in November 2020. Emma and all of her brilliant exercise motivation, as well as her pregnancy and postpartum journey, can be found on her Instagram page, at on underscore point underscore training and is also linked in this episode bio. So welcome Anne, and thank you so much for taking time to join us today, despite having a little Olive and a business to look after. <laughs> Thanks for having me, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, well, thank you, well. It's a, a strange world that we are navigating at the moment, and I'm sure you're feeling the impact of that as a brand new mum, especially a first time mum, I think it's harder. Yeah, it's not quite the maternity leave I uh, expected or, yeah, early stages, but um, hey-ho, that's that's just the kind of time we're in at the moment, isn't it? Definitely, and I feel like I've hugely taken advantage of that end so that because you can't be out training all your wonderful mums, I've stolen you for an hour to chat about your <laughs> experience, so COVID's helped me in that way, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, and I think there are only so many walks I can go on with Olive, so um, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to be doing something different. Yeah, brilliant. Well, it's lovely to chat to you. Now, um, your pregnancy was probably largely during lockdown, whether it was one, two or three, I suppose. And um, how was that for you? How did you how did you manage? Uh, I think that's what sums it up. Um, I actually found out I was pregnant the day before the first lockdown. So oh, wow. I've been yeah pregnant the whole time. Well, pregnant the whole time and had a baby the whole time. Um, yeah, it's, it was an interesting time and it was it was good in the sense that you could keep it quiet so you didn't have to pretend you were drinking gin without, well, tonic without the gin um, <laughs> on like Zoom calls and what felt like a massive bump, even though it really wasn't very big at that stage. I mean, I don't think I showed until about 30 weeks, but hiding that behind a computer screen was good. Um, but again like it was it was hard because we didn't really see anyone so I think across the whole of my pregnancy I saw my parents my sister twice wow. which is quite tough really um and then since Olive's been born they've seen her when she was six days old so um but yeah I mean I think because of everything going on I am not seeing friends and family and kind of celebrating the fact you're pregnant because it's you didn't feel like it was validated mm. um so you didn't have like the whole celebration and I think you kind of my my whole attitude was just to kind of like keep calm and carry on and like the whole British sense um because that was kind of the nation's vibe so I just threw myself into my work which was great because we got so much done um here because <laughs> we, we moved here in December 2018 2019 even trying to think of the years now and um, <laughs> there's like lots of projects going on here which is really exciting but once kind of that home straight hit I kind of felt really guilty that I'd kind of had like almost what felt like a secret pregnancy and that I hadn't really given it enough thought or really enjoyed it 
Um, so yeah, it was kind of kind of hard. But then I guess how can you enjoy pregnancy in lockdown, really? <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Because I think when we imagine kind of maternity leave in that prenatal period, you kind of think of yourself going for coffee mornings with other mums and mm. browsing the shops with this extra time that you wouldn't have otherwise had. And yeah. so I definitely feel like if I was you, I would feel like that was kind of stolen from me a little bit, that kind of experience. Um, and hopefully, I mean, let's hope that after this lockdown 3.0, you might be able to start embracing a little bit of that when you can and taking some of it back. Yeah, I was really, ho- I had all oh, big, big hopes of my maternity leave because like, as soon as 2021 hits, life's going to be back to normal, right? No, yeah. um, I'm really lucky because the class that I teach here, the prenatal class that I taught at the barn, which is literally right outside my house, um, met a group of lovely ladies all our babies were due within three weeks of each other or born within three weeks of each other so we're all really close and I had high hopes of just being able to walk across the road and go to the go to like my postnatal class because I had someone taking classes while I was off but obviously that's not happening but I cannot wait to not be walking in drizzly rain and to sit inside a cafe having brunch and chatting to people um, but then I guess the positive is at least we're all staying fit and active and getting all our fresh air. But um, no, I just cannot wait to go to like baby sensory classes. I think we tried like a baby massage the other day online, which was which was interesting. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's all those nice things, isn't it? That especially as a first time mum are really important. And mm. you need that support network. So that's amazing that you've got people around you. And I know lots of people are reaching out for kind of virtual support networks as well if they haven't got people in their kind of immediate community. But it's definitely different challenges to navigate that we probably couldn't have anticipated. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. But no, do you know what? I think I'm so grateful that I've also got friends that have had babies. There's quite a few of us around similar time. And if I didn't have those people, I don't know how I'd cope. Like it is like having a baby is isolating in itself, like let alone in a, in a, like a, a national lockdown. It's really hard. Definitely, definitely. Now, Em, I know from watching you do all of your amazing exercise um, preparations on Instagram and your kind of active, healthy lifestyle, that physical exercise really is a part of, part of you, isn't it? It's, it's ingrained in your kind of DNA I suppose and I know you did that throughout pregnancy regardless of kind of lockdowns you adapted and and found new ways and do you think that kind of helped you prepare kind of physically or even psychologically for your the birth that you had? Yeah I mean firstly it helped me stay sane I think (laughs) it was like time for me and also throughout pregnancy it kind of kept helped kept keep can't get my words out these days helped keep all those um aches and pains at bay because with pregnancy lower back pain creeps in and hip pain and pelvic girdle pain and all those wonderful things <laughs> so exercise helped keep that mostly at bay um but also like I think at the end of the day birth is a very physical event it's probably like the hardest thing your body can can yeah. do um regardless of what type of birth you have um it kind of involves stepping out of those comfort zones and also if you're in for a long birth it's quite a long endurance event really and um, so exercise kind of helps you I think it can help me mentally kind of think right this is going to be tough and it helped keep my body strong to be able to to deal with that um 
because you hear all these stories of people going and going and going and then it just gets to the point where they're just too tired to push so I think it just helps you at that point and also um I think because a lot of my work is done with core and pelvic floor like although it's lots of strength training it's all like how we're thinking about the core and pelvic floor as well through the exercise and um I think knowing how to relax that and then also having a stronger deep core I think may have helped push all of that I mean the ins and outs of births I'm not like too glued up on but I'm guessing like having a yeah that just helped get the contractions get all about because she her head was born and then suddenly her, her body came in that same big contraction so yeah <laughs> amazing it's such a good point Em I think we really underestimate how much of an endurance and demand on your body labor and birth are and I always yeah. say to women that birth is literally like your marathon and maybe yeah. this is because I'm a runner but in my head I think you wouldn't sign up for a marathon and then think right for the next nine months I'm going to put my feet up and, eat, and drink tea and eat cake and I'm not saying that tea and things are bad for but we've got this nine month preparation to try and get our bodies functioning in a way that's going to support that journey and it's so valuable and I know we spoke before a little bit about how once you've got a baby you've got to lift this um ascent this sort of weight of your baby and they're not going to help you so you've got that you've got the toys to pick up off the floor you've got like prams and carry pots that are the most rubbish design ever for your body aren't they you're always picking up with one hand or pushing yeah something. so preparing in that way is really important too exactly um I think yeah through motherhood you're picking up a growing dumbbell like if you replace I mean Oliver's now four and a half kilos I think and like if you're just carrying a four and a half kilo dumbbell around especially mostly on like on your front the whole time you're rounding to like feed her it's a lot for your back and your chest gets really tight so just kind of being a bit more aware about posture or exercise throughout pregnancy will help with your posture postpartum as well so um yeah that's that's really handy as well um but also like just going back to being active in pregnancy like one thing I really wanted was an active active labor um I almost thought about bringing my TRX you know those like suspension things <laughs> So like if I was like going to like squat, I had like support if I needed it. But um I was lucky enough to have my water birth, which was good. And then yeah, I guess it's just mentally as well, because like if you feel strong physically, you kind of feel a bit more strong mentally, you feel a bit more resilient and able to to deal with whatever. Plus you also get to a lot of my clients are pre and postnatal as well. So got to chat to them before training them. So yeah. That's so true, isn't it? Our mind and body are so connected. And I think mm -hmm. having that knowledge about how actual how strong and functional your body is definitely helps you I think to trust it through yeah. that labour and birth process how did you kind of feel during your pregnancy and knowing that your body was kind of strong and capable I think because I've seen so many clients go through it I was like this is fine this is normal this is what happens like up until probably about 28 weeks and then as soon as I hit the third trimester I was like this baby's got to get out of my body somehow and you're suddenly like oh my god this is this is so unnerving you get really really it was actually quite scary you're like no no this is gonna happen so um I because it's such an unknown if you've not done it before um so I did a positive birth company the hypnobirthing and we watched it and I was like great that's how birth works um but then everyone was like, oh yeah, have you been practicing? And I was like, what are you meant to practice? And I realized it's all the breathing. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, 
That's great. And they say, I just take myself for walks and listen to the positive affirmations, which really helped me kind of get into the headspace being like, okay, no, these are all things that other people feel these, and these are meant to me think, help me think that it's actually okay. Um, but also understanding how the body gives birth and the way it works really, really helped me kind of get it clear in my head. So although it gets really uncomfortable, you're like, no, the, this is what the body is meant to do. I think there were two points in the final two weeks of pregnancy where I, I thought I was in labor because suddenly my Braxton Hicks went up a level and I had back pain and I was like, oh God. And then I was like, no, 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 it's not. You'll know when it's coming. And then when it did come, I didn't really realize. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. That's such a good point though, about when you understand the process of your body, it's mm. less scary. And when it's less scary, it's less painful. And I'm so passionate about us kind of bridging that gap for women because it's so empowering, isn't it? To know this, these incredible changes that your body's making and ways yeah. you can support it. And I try to think of like us having two types of pain in life. We've got that pathological scary pain that is when you like break your leg or I don't know, you, you fall over and actually hurt yourself. Yeah. And then you've got this physiological pain that is labor and birth. And actually it's normal. And it's not because there's a problem or we need to run away and be scared of it. It's something that we can try and embrace if we can. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to exercise as well, because in order to progress, you have to push yourself out of those comfort zones. So things will get uncomfortable if you want to progress because you're pushing for like, a, like if you're squatting like a heavier weight. And yeah, so you kind of have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Definitely, definitely. And labor's a little bit like interval training in a way, isn't it? Because your contraction will last <laughs> a minute and then you have a gap. So it's just, just like doing your home workout, really. <laughs> yeah. Except it's so weird because look, as soon as the contraction goes, you feel perfectly normal. Yeah. And then suddenly it comes again and you're like, how can you go from zero to 100 back down to zero again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is amazing. So um, I know everyone listening really wants to hear how your birth went. So please tell us in your words, kind of your story. Well, I think I might as well start. So Olive was born bang on her due date, but um, I going back to 38 weeks, I was due, I had a growth scan and um, she showed up with a, quite a large tummy. So they were like, oh, she looks like she's on the 98th centile. So I got referred to a consultant the following week. He's like, we're going to have to induce you on your due date. Don't you going over because there'll be a chance that the head will be born and the shoulders will get stuck. And it's telling me all about induction. And I got very, very nervous because the way he explained it, I was like, oh God, this sounds awful if it doesn't go to plan. Um, so I had a lovely week of worrying and he like checked, he um, gave me a sweep and checked my cervix. He was like, no, still really high, one century dilated, probably just gonna go to that induction. So I was like, okay, great, woohoo. <laughs> um, so that was on the Friday before she was born, uh, well, like a week before. And then um, fast forward a week later after lots of, oh, is this coming? No. I completely thought right let's just get on with life she's not coming I'm gonna get induced and then on the Thursday morning I woke up needing a wee at 2am and for the whole pregnancy I've been really really lucky to not have to go to the loo in the middle of the night don't know how don't know why but I was like this is weird and I had a bit of back pain and it happened before and I knew that was part of labour but I've had it previously and I was like no it's just fake contractions again 
getting my hopes up. So I woke up in the morning and then I went to the loo and I realised I'd lost my mucus pug. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's new. So, um, and then thought, no, probably going to get induced tomorrow. And um, then throughout the day, I noticed that this back pain like coming and going like every now and again. And then it got more and more frequent. So I was like, right, had the Freya app. So started tracking them about half three in the afternoon. I thought, right. And then I realised, oh God, this is actually me going into labour. But I was like, okay. Um, and then one of my friends was like, oh, I need to chat to you. It's been ages. So I had a, had a video call with her at like six o'clock that, that evening. <laughs> Sat there on my birth ball, bouncing up and down. And I was, she's my best friend. And I was like, so how are you? I was like, I think I'm in labour. She's like, what? <laughs> and then I was going through contraction. I was like, because talking through the first few. And then it got to a point where I was like, I'm going to have to go. Can't talk. And, um, and then... Yeah, they were coming like every 10 minutes, come like seven o'clock and getting a lot more stronger, a lot more strong even. Um, so I was like, right, I'm gonna have a shower, wash my hair. So that's all done. Um, and then we just watched four weddings and a funeral. This was me bouncing around on my ball. Um, and then it kind of got to like 11 o'clock at night and I was like, I swear these are, I need to go to hospital now. These are like every three and a half minutes or so. Um, so we called, triage and uh, no you're still, your wife's still talking no no it's not time to come in yet go back try and get some sleep and I was like what this is over right and then um went to bed woke up at once I'd like a two hour sleep and then lay there and I said it's getting quite painful now or quite uncomfortable even and then um I lay there just reading positive affirmations on like the positive birth company Instagram page just being like I'm not gonna wake my husband up because this is not time. And then it got to like 2 a.m. I was like, how do I wake him up? Put the uh, tens machine on, and then I was just walking around the house. I was like, no, it's time to go. And then um, yeah, so we called the the hospital because they were like every two and a half minutes and a lot more intense than what they were previously. And so I was like, I can't last any longer. Kind of yeah, kept going to the loo because suddenly the body's just like, right, let's get rid of everything in here. And then we got to the hospital about half past three and there's just me just leaning over this sofa in, in the waiting room being like, oh God. Um, but then after being seen in triage, I realized actually, well, they checked me out and I was three centimeters dilated. And they're like, right, that's, that's really good, but you're gonna have to go back home. And I was like, great. <laughs> I just wanted to cry at that point because I was like, this has got to be like full-blown labour. Surely the baby's coming soon. And like, no, you'll go home, you'll labour and you'll labour better at home and you'll be able to come in. I was like, okay, cool. And because also my surgeries were only lasting 45 seconds. It's just like, they need to last a full 60. I was like, okay, midwife knows best. Let's do this. Um, so, and also like, like she said, oh, I can see your waters are there as well. They're ready to burst. Oh God. So it's had like one of those giant pads in the car sitting to sit on. I was like, God, are they going to go? It's like, what was if the waters go in the car? I was like, I don't know, do I jump out the car? Like, or would you just accept it? I don't know. So I got home and we've got two cats as well. So surges are coming in a lot stronger. And um, I'm just like leaning, rolling onto this ball on the floor in the lounge. And like, I've got two cats just staring at me. And the next thing I know with one contraction, I just throw up all over the floor. And then the cat tries to come and eat it. Like, no, this is horrible. And then I think we managed to stay at home for like, it said to stay for two hours, but I think we got to about an hour 45. And I was like, I can't do this any longer. So 
went back to Kingston Hospital and then um, I'm in, in their reception room and there's a couple next to me who have obviously come in for planned C-section and they're just sitting there nice and quiet because obviously she's not labour. There's me just being like, Whoa! just like rocking for this hurts so much, like in the middle of reception. <laughs> I uh, just like I, I, I apologize like between contractions I'm so sorry I'm so sorry but it's so weird because like, everyone in the hospital just walks around as if it's not because it is normal <laughs> like it's not really it's not often you see a woman going into labor so, and like all the noises they make and everything so um went in to triage got assessed again and they were like oh you're five centimeters right let's go start filling up the birth pool and um so I went in and I had a student midwife there as well. Um, and I was just like, I sat down on the bed in there whilst they were doing, and then suddenly my bloody show came out and I was like, this is normal, right? This is normal. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And they gave me the gas and air. And I, ideally it was more comfortable standing up, but I just couldn't stand up with the gas and air. And I was like, there's no way my husband's gonna hold me right now. So I was like, I'm just gonna lie down. And then, um, yeah, it just felt like forever as that pool was filling up because I remember her head was just above my pubic bone and I could just feel this like scary pain. I was like, oh my God, this is awful. But as soon as I got into that pool, oh my God, it felt amazing. Suddenly you're just like relaxed. Um, obviously the gas and air helped a bit as well. Although there was one point where she tried to switch the gas and air over to the new site and it wasn't fully inside a contraction without it, oh. which was interesting. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so I was just in there, just like rocking forwards and backwards with the contractions. And then suddenly, like, it felt like my body wanted to push. And I was like, it wants me to push. And she's like, just go with it. And um, I was initially going through my throat. So I think I was forcing through the throat. She's like, no, no, send that down to your bum. I was like, what? And then I just sounded like I was trying to go for a massive poo the whole time. It was so weird. Um, and then I think not long after that we had oh, we could see the baby's head she's got a lot of hair I was like okay and then the midwife went out to get another midwife she said we need to have two present at the birth and um, they're like oh yeah not long to go and my husband he said to me later like you, you kind of think oh not long but you hear births last for ages so probably for ages but then next thing I know I'm being told to pick my baby off the bottom of the pool because well after literally had one push and then suddenly had two more contractions and then she was just out so my body just was like let me get this baby out now and um yeah just remember looking down and the first thing I'd said when I picked her up was she's ginger because <laughs> Charlie's got brown hair I've got brown hair both were born with, like had blonde hair as babies but I was like she's quite ginger I'm like where's this come from <laughs> but um yeah so it just it was it was pretty magical and then we had the had a little cuddle charlie cut the cord and then i went onto the bed to have the injection to get the placenta out um while olive was passed over to my husband charlie and she weed all over him <laughs> he was like am i allowed to have a shower and the lips him was like you've done no work why do you want a shower he's like i'm just covered in piss i was like okay <laughs> yeah and then yeah that that third stage labor took a bit of a while my center didn't want to come out which was and then I had a retained um membrane but yeah it was it was magical and then 
got checked out to see what damage had been done. And I think that was because of working with women, I thought that was the bit that I was really nervous about because she came out so fast. I thought third degree tear or more like what's going on. And um, yeah, labial and internal second degree tear. And then I properly just cried because I was like, it's all over, that's it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was magical because I actually had the birth I wanted, which is so, I don't say it, it's, I find it's really rare. I don't know, but um, like I was just yeah. I think I was expecting the worst. The induction, like the induction, was in the forefront. So I was just grateful to have anything that wasn't that. Not that an induction is bad or anything, but I was kind of nervous around it. And um, yeah, it was just, it was just wonderful. And then yeah, just got wheeled around in our COVID-free bubble. Went through the hospital, back to the postnatal ward, and yeah, there we go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Amazing. And um, it gives me goosebumps to hear because I just love the fact that you had such a positive and empowering experience. And it really is an experience, your birth, that does just stay with you forever, doesn't it? Like making those memories. And you must have just felt like the most beautiful, strong and incredible woman in that moment when you had just birthed your baby. It's, it is really empowering because you're like, I did that. You look at it, you're like, that baby came out of me. It's like, you don't understand how it can do that. Even though I know, like, you see that it, it obviously it does happen. You're like, how the hell did that baby come out of there? And yeah. how the body knows what to do. That's the other bit, because for age, for like your whole life, for like up until you, you decide to get pregnant and, and have a baby, like your body just, that part of the body just like lies dormant. And then suddenly it's like, right, we're going to push this baby out. You get contractions and how it does that. It's just, it's mind blowing. And yeah, you're just full of all those endorphins. And yeah, it is a pretty mean feat. Women are pretty powerful. They are, exactly. And that's such an important message, I think, for any expectant mums listening is that no matter what, your birth might look like so it might mirror M's or it might be really quite different from M's but actually understanding your body and therefore being able to make really informed decisions about your birth and understanding mm. what your body's doing and how if you are experiencing any medical intervention how that is aiming to support your body in those processes really does help you to have a positive experience and your birth can be empowering and positive regardless of, of kind of how that looks for you you should always feel that amazing superwoman feeling afterwards for sure yeah it's yeah it's just amazing women are so strong there's no way a man could do that <laughs> oh my goodness I would have been out of a job years ago Em, if it was down to men to give birth <laughs> yeah Oh, women's bodies, they just are amazing, aren't they? Now, Em, yeah. with, your, with your birth, so obviously you did some of your labour in crisis at home um, and then some of that in the, in the birth centre in the pool. What was the environment that you created? Did you consciously create a certain type of environment or 
did it just kind of happen because it was quite speedy for you? So at home, I just read that what made as much oxytocin as possible. So that's why I watched Four Weddings and a Funeral. I think we like did a Hugh Grant marathon in the lead up to her birth. So we were about a boy, Bridget Jones, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, they're literally every Hugh Grant film possible. <laughs> great. Um, and yeah, dim the lights, but I can't let the lights dim the night time anyway. And yeah, I think I was quite, our home's quite relaxing anyway, quite nice environment. And then in the hospital, to be fair, like in the birthing suite, it's all got fairy lights everywhere, nice dim light. It's just a really nice atmosphere. My husband described it as like a posh hotel room. He was like, it's great. So um, to be fair, there wasn't really much. And then the car journey, I think we just put some nice chilled music on really. So that's amazing because actually it is creating that. I always say, you know, like that Sunday afternoon kind of cozy, yeah. comfortable, safe feeling. And that's what you want for the oxytocin. So like your dim lighting, distracting yourself with a, with a film that you've seen before. So you don't have to concentrate on the plot. Yeah. It's just kind of, familiar and and that warm fuzzy feeling is exactly what we want to create isn't it and that can happen in any setting so often women do start their labors at home like you so that's brilliant mm. and then that can transfer into a birth center or a delivery suite or even a theater setting if that's where your birth ends up you know that dim lighting that music fairy lights all of those things that make you feel great you yeah. can you can transport with you yeah which is yeah. amazing did you eat and drink throughout your labor end? <laughs> do you know what birthing snacks or like whatever I can't think what, basically hospital bag snacks there we go yeah are the hardest thing to think of because you're like <laughs> what do I want in that moment and I stupidly was like deliciously edibles with like the, the nut butter in mm. I was like I love those that's quite healthy it's got like energy in great I'll get one of those obviously we have chocolate as well but I was like didn't really fancy chocolate so I was like right grab me one of those could not eat it between contractions <laughs> <laughs> and it was because your mouth is so dry from the gas and air you're just like <laughs> so I had to like just try and swallow it down before the next contraction with water. so I can't do this so didn't eat much during the birth that night we had pasta and then yeah then like afterwards we actually ended up getting Wagamama's takeaway that evening because Brilliant. in Kingston like the delivery is a lot better than around here where we are so um I made the most of that yeah, so, yeah definitely I feel like a takeaway after you've birthed your baby is like a good oh, for those parents that it's food would never chat. taste so good <laughs> definitely a good chat so how has postpartum life been as a, as a new mum and also as a business owner because I know you have taken a short period of time off but you've still been really really keen to keep in touch with your clients yeah so God, do you know, no one tells you how hard those, I think, first 10 days are after giving birth, physically. Um, I was really surprised. Um, obviously, your body's gone from having a baby, like, in it to just kind of being a little bit, bit empty. And also, it's birthed a baby out. So, and it's quite an extreme bit of exercise. So, um, standing up for, like, up to 10 minutes would just exhaust me. So, you kind of just spend a lot of that time on the sofa. Um, but I took it really easy in terms of recovery. I really wanted to make sure that I was doing it properly because 
your body needs a lot of rest and recovery in those early days, especially. Um, so I had Charlie doing most of the nappies, so I didn't have to get up all the time and like carry her. Um, so yeah, that was that was really tough. But after that, that first walk I went for was wonderful. Although I think we might have gone a little bit too far than I should have done. And um, I think I still had quite a bit of um, blood coming out. So I was like, oh my God, I've just wet myself walking. And then I, we went back and got back. I was like, oh no, just a load of blood. It's okay. But, um, but there is that as well. Um, so yeah, I found the struggle to adjust to not being able to do as much was hard because you're constantly, in those early days especially, you're just constantly feeding and have a baby on you and you can't really do anything else because you just, yeah. So I really struggled with that as soon as I, especially as soon as I felt physically able to, I was like, this is really frustrating. I can't, there's only so much Netflix I can watch right now. Um, and then, yeah, but then I kind of, you kind of feel a bit more human as time goes on and that's that's great and you kind of find your feet and I think now we've kind of found our feet a little bit I mean I'm really lucky to have my husband around all the time which is really handy so we've learned that we each need time alone time as a three and time as a two so we're trying really hard to do that um but again like we've had moments where yeah dinner is one of us holding a baby one of us eats and then we take it in turns so it's all that kind of stuff and then business-wise, I mean, I was planning on, on not working until the end of February, beginning of March. But now with all this, I'm like, well, I might as well start back at work a little bit earlier and then just see if I can do a bit more maternity leave later further down the line so I can actually enjoy some time with Olive. Um, so, I mean, with everything going on, I've just been stay, yeah, staying active online, writing blogs, because... There's so much to talk about pregnancy, uh, pregnancy and postpartum and a lot of people are really interested in it. So I've been doing a lot of that. Um, and then also planning a few things here because we've got things like glamping coming, hopefully potential retreats. And then also the studio that we've been doing like the next stage of development that. So um, that's been fun. And that, that kind of gives me that headspace to feel a bit more like me because yeah, it's quite nice to have something to do, but also trying to, that's a really good point isn't it because it is really easy as a new mum to get completely caught up on your baby and of course we, we want to treasure all those moments and do that but it is really important to look after you as well isn't it and do a little bit of something for you and to remember your identity yeah I mean I think a three weeks postpartum I went and had a manicure and that was the last time the nail bars were open around here so um but that was wonderful <laughs> but I'm not gonna be getting that for a while I'll just have to let them grow out <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I really hope later on down the line, though, that like you said, you can then take a little mini maternity leave break and, and go and have brunch with friends and get your nails done and do all those things you envisage in your maternity leave. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, um, for anyone who is interested in your, um, it's called The Barn K KT9, isn't it, your business? Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, the studio we've got is The Barn KT9. Um, because that's the post case that kind of just gives people the idea of whatever we are. Um, so we do uh, personal training, small group training as well, mostly women focused really, because that's who I work with. And although I've not kind of shut off the classes to men, it just seems to be who we've attracted, which is, which is lovely. Um, and then we also run space for weddings here, 
because we're still inside Greater London, or like the London boundary, but we're on a farm in Surrey, which is which is lovely. So yeah, we've got glamping, and then a few more exciting plans coming, which I can't really talk about just yet. Okay. But um, but yeah, no, it's 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 pretty wonderful. Oh, it sounds like an idyllic place to bring up Little Olive, and I know just from seeing your Instagram, you've got like a gorgeous fireplace, haven't you? And it just yeah. looks beautiful. <laughs> so amazing, amazing. Yeah. And as I said, I'll link your Instagram in the, the bio so people can check that out because it's amazing the work you're doing and that support for women is just so important. So huge thank you. Thanks. Now, Em, I also noticed on your Instagram that you have seen a pelvic health physio or a women's health physio. Yes. Awesome. How has that been? Because I'm a massive advocate for the fact that physio for women post-birth or even in pregnancy, even better, should really be mainstream. Because if you had like a muscle tear to your, I don't know, your knee or I've had hip surgery, you know, that kind of damage to a part of your body, you would have this like standard NHS physiotherapy sort of recovery process. But when it comes to birth and kind of perineal tears or cesarean wounds, it's a bit like, well, off you go, you just had a baby. Yeah, oh, there isn't that. I had a massive rant about this yesterday because I also had my six-week check yesterday. But um, going back to women's health physio, I think everyone should have a pelvic health check. Like it's mm-hmm. so important because your body's been through a lot, and too often women kind of just get on with things, being like, "Oh, I'm meant to wean myself after birth," or "This is meant I've had a baby, so you know this is what happens now for the rest of my life." And it's like, no, I had one. Like 20 weeks pregnant as well because I just wanted to see that I was doing the pelvic floor okay and just to kind of assess um but yeah I had it a couple of days ago and it's just really handy because they look at you from like a musculoskeletal position as well so like checking like how your hips working back rotation like all that kind of stuff and glutes and core firing and then also test your pelvic floor and um, check for prolapse um and just talk about any other issues, um, which is just brilliant. I think, I think in, well, since posting about it, I think people in Bulgaria, Belgium, France and Austria all have pelvic health ingrained into their postpartum healthcare. Whereas here you get a call from the GP that pushes you being like, okay, so contraception. And I'm like, I've just given birth like six weeks ago. The last thing I want to do is talk about contraception. Um, and they just like people have messaged me saying, I mean, one was over the phone, but people have messaged me saying there's a person, like the doctors refuse to look at their stitches or check them out or check for diastasis or any of these things. And I know GPs are have to have like a wide range of ideas. It's just it's just a bit of rubbish, really, because there's quite a bit of tie between depression and like pelvic floor dysfunction as well which is so like actually yes you get postnatal depression but there are things that may be causing that so it'd be good to get those nips in the bud and like women deserve more attention than that because if you broke your leg for example you'd get referred to a physio straight away regardless whereas oh you've had a baby yeah that's perfectly normal off you go yeah yeah. and you're totally preaching to the converted I couldn't agree more it's so so important isn't it I think as well I think we think of um 
pelvic health or women's health physics as just telling you how to do your pelvic floor but like you described it's so much more than that it's your whole core connection it's your diastasis it is part of your pelvic floor but how that connects to all of other parts of your body you know even your breath it's a whole mm. body um kind of mot isn't it in that postpartum period that's so so important so exactly it's great great to to touch on that and for for ladies who perhaps aren't sure how to navigate this if you look on the NHS squeezy directory you can search via your postcode for all of your local NHS and private pelvic health physios and um, so you can find a list on there but they are worth their weight in gold and we need to start raising raising the lid so that people know about them so thanks for sharing your story on that as well I know I threw you on the spot a little bit there <laughs> yeah that's fine feel free to amazing throw me on the spot but yeah, and also like the thing is, it's not the most accessible thing in terms of cost, mm. um, which I think a lot is 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 an issue. But if people do experience symptoms, you can push for a referral, so it is worth that. But then there are also so many great tools out there as well that will help people rehab their pelvic floor and like give them more information and like all those wonderful women's health physios like Claire Bourne as well, mm. who you had on your podcast, like following them and like tests absorbing all their information is, is is really handy yeah claire's amazing isn't she and she's on season one i think i want to say episode four four or five but um yeah checking out her information she does loads of great stuff and she does videos about kind of scar massage in the postpartum mm. and all sorts as well so yeah that's one good thing i suppose that's come out of covid and is that people are putting so much more free resources out <laughs> yeah. on, on the web so actually you can gather so much information really accessibly just making sure you get it from the right people, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Everyone's like that on Instagram. <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> now, um, everyone that comes on the podcast, I just ask for three top tips. And I wondered whether you could share three top tips to an expectant mum or, or parent who is currently preparing for their birth. Um, this is a really tough question. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> I like, what do I want? Um, so I think the first one for me, I'm a bit of a neat freak. Um, so I put, I'd say clean the house and kind of embrace that nesting feeling. Because if you're anything like me, you'll hate mess and coming home to a to a messy house. So like coming home to a tidy house after you've given birth is just and everything in order, it's like, oh, this is really nice. Um, and also you really shouldn't have to. Or, or, or you shouldn't ideally uh, lift a finger in the, for at least a week or two postpartum so your body can fully recover and, and rest because like hoovering is is a lot requires a lot from the body for example like you should not be hoovering for, for a good few weeks um I think the second one I guess is don't buy too many cuddly toys or don't buy any it sounds really strange but we have so many cuddly toys it's something I didn't think people would ever bias but our room upstairs is overflowing with it which is wonderful and actually do you know what the generosity of friends and family is just incredible in those like when a baby comes along um and also like signing up to things like cook who do like a 10% new parents discount was amazing so we've we've had quite a few of those freezer meals like just don't expect to to cook anything elaborate in those first few weeks just get have all the nice ready meals on site um and then I think the third would be just enjoy the time as just the as just your, your new little family unit um 
although I really was like I really want to be able to see all my friends and everything and I saw two two or three friends in that time um before when we were allowed to although it's lovely it is absolutely exhausting and I had one of my friends who came around she was like don't feel like you need to get dressed put any makeup on don't even feel like you need to shout or entertain me like I can just turn up drop the stuff off that I'm going to give you and leave like because it is exhausting having to like kind of operate as a human in those early stages so just try not to expect too much from yourself and just understand that some days you won't get anything done like we've had washers in the washing machine that have been in there for three cycles and still not been hung out so it's just one of those things yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that's that's kind of my three top tips if you can call it that Oh, I love that. And it's, it is that thing, isn't it? It's getting rid of that perfectionism, sorting out your priorities and just looking after you and your baby and, and, and nurturing those memories that you're making and getting rid of all that unnecessary pressure that we all put on ourselves as women, don't we? Exactly. Oh, amazing. Um, thank you so much for letting me steal some time of yours and away from little Olive. I'm really, really grateful. And I know that your story will really help so many women as they prepare for their birth to hopefully just feel a bit more relaxed and positive and proud of their bodies yeah thanks for having me Pip it's been lovely chatting oh pleasure you take care you too too darling thank you thank you so much for listening to this week's episode I really hope you enjoyed it. If you found it helpful, then please hit subscribe and leave a review. It really does make a huge difference to the number of women we can reach out to and empower. For daily free information, inspiration, or details on our bespoke antenatal education courses, head over to my social medias at midwife underscore pip and my website, midwifepip.com. I would love to hear from expectant mums who have found this episode useful and wish to embrace further support on their wellness journey. Pop your details in the Your Pregnancy Journey tab on my website and I will be back in touch. Thank you and see you next time. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.